This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over on the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show or any of the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you can join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole patron-exclusive podcast, Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you, everyone, for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. Previously on Tales of the Voidfarer, you find another one of these cylindrical pedestal tubes. Tube! Tube! A bright light emerges from the top. Hello, I am a librarian. A group of individuals seem to be attacking the giant with a variety of makeshift weapons. So, Ravnus, you see across the way, overseeing the fight from the other side, a Githyanki you recognize. Yep. You see Kazath standing there. Suddenly, Luckbeak, there's a great axe blade at your neck. Merrick, plan funny monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have anything to banter about, but it's been a while since we just jumped right into an episode. So I'm kind of thinking that's what we'll do on this one. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. People get tired of us if we bullshit at the top of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay uh, to see you clowns <laughs> on the D&D stuff. Well, they didn't pay, period. So it's fine. <laughs> Free content on the internet. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of content to complain about. <laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> so you guys just got done defeating a giant and Marco, Flapwing and Merrick are up still on the tower, the level from where the bridge had collapsed and the others are still down below in the wake of their battle with the giant. That is when the Gezerai warrior, Kazath, dispels his invisibility spell with his massive magic great axe fixed at Flapwing's neck. And uh, we'll pick up with Merrick saying, I don't know what funny monkey means. We've been over this. Oh, it's, this is the situation, right? When, when somebody pops out of invisibility with a great axe to your neck? Uh, I mean, no, do you want am me? I thinking I, of the wrong plan? Oh, 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 I remember. I'll shoot you in the neck with the crossbow. No, never mind. <laughs> so I'm just looking at Kazass right now, just <laughs> straight faced as these two are going back and forth. Yeah, uh, he he is paying no mind to either of them, holding Luckbeak tight with the uh, blade of his axe there at his throat. I think we're going to have a nice chat. And then he kind of nods to like the opening where the bridge was. You should recall all your people before it's too late. May I ask what too late means? At that point, there's a big dragon. Room. 
that shakes the entire tower. We made an awful lot of noise. It didn't go unnoticed. So, um, on that note, um, I am going to cast Sending as one of my spells, by the way, and I'm going to cast it to Ravenous. Flapwing has been taken hostage. White Dragon is coming. Fall back. Be careful. Ravnus, you get that message immediately after you heard the dragon roar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can she uh, Can she also see Kazath? No, not from where you're at, because he's oh, up, okay. up the level in the tower. You guys came down the rope. Now, you right. do see that there is an entrance to this tower on the ground level that you presume there is a way back up through there if you wanted to go that way, or you can go right up the rope. So... The situation down below is your entire team is like kind of recollecting themselves. They're a little scraped and bruised, but otherwise okay. They just kind of look to you for direction. Quick question, Marco. How long does your fog cloud last? Um, it should last for quite some time, actually. So fog cloud. If there's not wind. Its duration is one hour. An hour. Okay. Yeah. But what actually dissipates it faster than that is the a shadow passes over and you hear wing beats. While you don't have a direct line on the dragon because it's being concealed by the tall nearby buildings, it does create enough of a gust through here that the fog cloud does begin to dissipate. Enough that you can now see through it if things still remain a little hazy. But the other group of survivors that felled the other giant are all now making their way towards Towards your group, Ravnus. And those are um, those are the Kazas guys, right? Yes. Okay. Um, do I see this? Like Kazas group's going to attack my group. You're standing still in the entryway above, and yeah, you can see that. Um, they don't look like they're like charging, um, but they are encircling. Um, and while they did take some casualties, just at a glance, it looks like they still have about two dozen people. I'm going to look at Kazath, and I'm going to kind of probe him a bit and be like. The white dragon's going to do worse to your men than mine. Why don't we fall back together and then we can work something out? My thoughts exactly. May I ask why your group seems to be taking some sort of attacking position, encircling mine? Just making sure that they get no funny ideas and shelter is in the same direction. Can I at least ensure my people will make it there in one piece and not be attacked until we're... Looks back to the dragon. Done with that. You're far more valuable to me alive. At least that's my preference anyway. Your logic is understandable. Cast Sending again. That should be my last third level spell. And say to Ravnus again. Um, Kazast is up here. Um, has Flapwing as hostage. Says they will not attack you until you, we are in a place that we can negotiate. Ravnus is going to look to the rest of the Voidfarer team. Let's go up. They won't attack for now. Marco says that there's more up there. Ezerath will nod and the rest of them, Ezerath, Rinzar, Roxana, Scriv, and Brohane all nod and uh, start making their way back in. Yeah, Ravnus has like um, one hand on her weapon, basically not attacking, but definitely eyeing the rest of the... uh, the pirates of Gith that are following. Mm-hmm. Now, the rest of Kazath's people, a couple of them are Gith, but most of them are not. Um, oh, okay. it's, it's like, it's the Gith that are here are the ones that pissed off Yastrara. But it's just a group of like survivors. And yeah, general. so most okay. of them are victims of Yastrara, 
of like she raided their ship and then right. she instead of killing them or taking them prisoner she sent them here gotcha as a mercy okay. as a mercy she's fond of that okay yeah I will keep my eyes on Kazath for the entire time. Like, try to keep my periphery open, but, like, not giving him the opportunity to take a take a swipe or try to get a hold of me. Um, I'm starting to mutter. Does Kazath, like, tighten his grip or notice or how how concerned? What are you, what are you muttering? Are you trying to make it seem like you're you're casting a spell or something? No, I'm I'm using message to Marco. Um Are you trying to do it like stealthily? Yeah, I think so. Um, go ahead and make a stealth check. Okay. Uh, so stealth, I got uh twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't really seem to notice. Uh, you you're kind of muttering real low under your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of imagine to him it may just sound like whimpering. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like subtly point in his direction to make the connection of the spell, and you mutter. Something kind of weird happens. The spell works as intended and your message is conveyed, but it almost appears like there's like a latent like telepathic element to it that kind of reminds you of like your Doar telepathy that you have that you can innately communicate telepathically with other Doar, but with Marco. Hmm. So it feels uh, uh, like kin sort of is that what you mean a little or? a little bit so like the, the communication still happens via the sending spell but like that the like, engaging that is enough that you kind of notice this like fledgling telepathic connection that you didn't notice before okay uh okay uh the the message that i'm communicating to marco is um yeah i think that i can stab him and run Shake your head if there's a better plan that you're already concocting. Hmm. Shake your head no if you mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, hmm. I think that I would like, hmm. I'm trying to think of how to like convey this notion to you. <laughs> oh, you could just use a sending. Oh. I do actually want, I need to see if I have any charges left in my other now, thing. I will, but, I, I, sending is, you are actually speaking the words aloud. Like, when you sent messages down to Ravnus, like, Kazath can hear that. Um, you, you, didn't, you weren't sending anything secretive, though. But that's, it's not like a telepathic message. It's, you actually speak the words and they get traveled via magic to the recipient. I need to remember that. Right. So. Yep. Now, the message spell you can reply to, but it does work the same way as sending. Hmm. That's why now I'm also, like, trying to think how I can convey a message without, like... You could theoretically do what Luckbeak did, muttered really quietly, which it did make the message, like, a little bit harder to understand, but you still got it. But Kazath is looking at you, and you kind of figure that that's going to be a little bit harder to get away with. Ah, Jesus Christ. Tanner, just... make a make make a wisdom check for me. Okay. Wisdom insight, if you have it. Okay. Um, I do have insight. Okay, that's a fifteen insight. Yeah. When you received Luckbeak's message, you did also notice like this weird telepathic accompaniment to it. Not part of the message itself, but seem something that seemed to have been like transmitted accidentally, as like a side effect of what. Flapwing was trying to do. Okay. 
And like, it's a weird experience because like you heard the message spell, but you also caught like faint echoes of it just in your brain. And what was weird is the fringes of your vision kind of go slightly astral in a way that isn't entirely dissimilar from when you share hit points. Mm. Just for a second. Okay, taking this information, what I have, <laughs> I'm going to try to, like, I guess telepathically link the best way I can, like, think of it as a scholar, as like a, as a wizard, to try to <laughs> communicate with Flapwing <laughs> telepathically. <laughs> let's, let's try this. What's the message you're trying to convey? Hold on. Wait for the others. Any action I do is going to kill all four of us. You. Because I can hit Kazath, but in the range that we are at, it's going to hurt all of us. How much of that do I get? Uh, Marco, go ahead and just make a straight wisdom check for me. Hmm. Okay. So was that, what was that again? Just Just straight straight wisdom. Okay. So that is a 16. 16. Um, Yeah. This weird thing happens, uh, Flapwing, uh, where you send the message and then you see, like, Marco conflicted and, like, the telepathic connection that you sense very, very, very briefly fades. And as Marco's conflicted, you feel it connect again a little bit stronger. And, like, you catch Marco's inner monologue. Like, like Marco was, like, fretting over how do I convey these ideas? And in doing so... He conveys the ideas. Huh. Ravnus, you hear them too. Mm. You hear this one-sided message, and when it happens, the edges of your vision do like go to that astral place that happens when you transfer hit points. Interesting. Now, Ravnus, you didn't hear Luckbeak's message, so you just hear right. Marco's thoughts. Marco's, I might kill us all. <laughs> yeah, I might kill us all. <laughs> okay. If I have to go out, I'm taking Kazath and everyone with me. <laughs> okay. Now, Ravnus, you and the rest of the group are still just working your way up here right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You'll be there in a second. Okay. Flapwing. Yeah, you get you get that message. Okay. Well, then, I very much do not <laughs> do anything. I'll just wait. Yeah. So, Ravnus, do you guys go up the rope or do you uh, go into the building? Um, I think that they go into the building um, uh, unless okay. something that just seems like the better route rather than going up the rope. Yeah. So, yeah, you go into the building and the members of Kazath's group kind of wait and watch you go in and then they all follow. They file in. They look a little bit nervously around as they wait to make sure you guys go in as like there is distant roars of dragons um, and you hear flapping, getting closer and closer and they very quickly file in behind. And as like everybody gets into the base of the tower and starts climbing, you do hear a of something heavy land just outside. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, she's still uh, sort of like one um, one hand on her weapon um, going in and cautiously assessing the situation in, in the room as she enters. Yeah. This room is pretty ruined. It's a ground floor room with an opening to the outside, so it's just full of like snow banks and ice and rubble and stuff, but you can clearly see mostly intact stairs that ascend. Yeah, she goes up the stairs. Yep. 
you get back up to the top. Now, to reacquaint you guys with the space, the chamber that the others are waiting for you is the bridge level like atrium to this north tower of the Grand Quadrivium. It's this tower's version of the room you guys fought the owlbears in on the other side of the big central plaza. So it's a large circular atrium with a high ceiling with uh, spiral staircases set into the walls that go up and down with a large archway that goes out onto the bridge that has now collapsed. And on the other side, uh, there's an archway that is already caved in, but it is the connecting section that goes to the lofted plaza of the center of the Grand Quadrivium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are, is a bunch of snow and rubble in here, but it is like a big spacious area. And most of the large openings to the outside are already like caved in with the exception of the one where the bridge was, where Marco's standing right now. Okay. Yeah, she's going to um, get up there. And uh, when she sees um, Kizap and she like makes room for everyone else to come up, do the people behind them like do anything? Kazas men that are following you up the steps, they file in behind and go past you and kind of encircle the room. Okay. They do outnumber you a little bit more than two to one. Okay. Uh, she, Ravenous is just going to look at Kazath then and say, um, we're here now. What do you want? He looks at you and sneers this gross smile with crooked pointed teeth with a couple missing. Razakas, I'm surprised to see you here. I was surprised to see you, too. Well, this did end up being our Kithrak's new favorite sandbox. Kithrak is the gith word for captain. Um, I'm sorry, what did you call her? He ignores you. Um, I am kind of taking the passive uh, help action here, even though we're not on initiative. Sure. Because I am going to be constantly trying to engage him in annoying discussion. Um, just like telling him his grip is too tight and asking him what cologne he wears and like just generally being a shit. Just FYI, if Ravnus wants to do anything, you are being helped. Got it. Okay. So he, he ignores Marco and he's he's actually doing a pretty good job of ignoring you as well. Like, <laughs> okay. But you do like, as you like move slightly, uh, like he jerks on you and you, you see like the faintest look of annoyance in the corner of his face. Yes. Um... <laughs> I thought since we're not going to be going anywhere anytime soon that we could take this opportunity to have a discussion. What about? I've heard some very curious things about you and your group. What have you heard? We'll get to that in time. This is not the scenario in which a proper discussion can be had. He gestures to a companion and just shoves Flapwing to them, and he says to his men, Put the others over there. I thought we we were making a connection. Watch them to make sure they do nothing. I can't believe you would just voice me off on somebody else like this. (laughs) Just let them go. Clearly your business is with me. My business is with all of you. But I should be negotiating with you as their leader, obviously. Ooh, do I want to correct him on that? She'll say, um, don't harm any of them. I will not unless I'm given a reason to. As I told your companion, as things stand now, you're all far more useful to me alive. 
Okay, so what did you want to negotiate the way out of here, I assume? Precisely. He turns to to some of his people that are standing behind him and he makes like an impatient gesture into the like middle space of the room and you see that they pull out like a door and they put it up on some rubble and they move some like broken barrels over for seats and like actually make like a table (laughs) (laughs) and I have it be setting appropriate Um. and he sits down at the head of the table and gestures for you to sit as well Um, yeah she sits down so the rest of you Kazat's group kind of corral you over into a corner. It's kind of a tight corner because it's kind of jammed between a large pile of rubble and the curved wall of this atrium. But it's an area where they can kind of like post up and uh, a handful of them can keep an eye on all of you and there's not really a whole lot of places you guys can go. And you guys kind of get like unceremoniously kind of shoved over there. And the other annoying thing is it's kind of hard to watch the conversation between Ravnus and Kazath because it's like around the corner of this rubble and it's far enough away that it's kind of hard to make out all of what's being said. Hey, Nick. Yeah. I, I honestly thought about going bowling with a flaming sphere right now, but um, I will <laughs> hold on to that for the time being. <laughs> uh, it's... Ca- it's Kazath, and he has he has about 24 people. That would at least give me an opening. Yeah. <laughs> Armed to varying levels, um, all with like salvaged armor and, and weapons, but they were able to fell a giant outside. So you're willing to bet that they are at least somewhat formidable to the point where like all of you guys might be able to take all of them or at least be able to get away, but it would hurt. <laughs> What about all of us plus three owlbears, two of which are babies? <laughs> oh, so, so when the owlbears miraculously come to the rescue? Yeah. At, at, at the most they're like the eagles. Possible. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they ride the owlbears? The <laughs> <laughs> just ride the owlbears over to the other part of this thing. Fly, um, you fools. But actually what I was going to do, because at first... I would have like thought about that, like, okay, could Flaming Sphere make a hole, we can maybe make a go for it, but like there's no way to get everybody. Like you just be consigning two people to being captured. Um yeah. what I am going to do instead is I'm going to just kind of sit on the ground um and kind of get into like a meditative stance and try to like focus in on this kind of weird f- sensation that I had before and see if I can in any way connect with Ravnus. Sure. Make another uh just straight wisdom check. As you do this and you're concentrating, there is like another roar. And actually the tower shakes again as it feels like maybe one of the dragons has landed on one of the higher levels, clinging to the outside. I'm going to just grab Brohane and say, I'm going to meditate about something. If something white and scaly comes in here, please wake me. You're, you're going to like go into a trance or something? I didn't know you could do that. I, I, listen, I need to focus right now. And I need, I mean, got to focus, okay? So, you know... <laughs> Dragon, right, well, just smack me upside the head. All right. Sounds good if you think it'll help. And Scribble actually add, I think I hear distant giants as well. <sighs> now, you do know this chamber that you're in, uh, there's not an opening to it that would be easy for anything as large as either giants or dragons to get in. But it does make it sound like it's going to be hard for anyone to leave, at least by any of the ways you can. Um, but anyway, you're meditating? Yes, a dirty, filthy 20. Yeah. You, yeah, you focus and having like did it accidentally once you focus and you kind of think about like the feeling that happens when you want to transfer hit points, but instead of sending hit points, you send your thoughts. Okay. 
I will send the thought to Ravnus, I guess. Give us a signal if you need our help, and we'll spring to action. Until then, it's probably best that we stay still. You hear that, Ravnus, in your head. Yeah, so she would sort of know that this is something different, because um, to her it looks kind of like a... Kind of like what the hit point thing looks like, right? Yes. Okay. So she is going to try to think back to Marco. How are you doing this? Because I think this is the first time this has really happened, right? Yep. This is the first time this has happened. Okay. Now, the one thing does occur to you when the hit point thing happens, a a gith rune appears on your guys's foreheads. Oh shit. <laughs> You have no way of knowing if. Well, if does Kazap like not. look like he's looking at her forehead? Make now. an insight check. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it occurs to you in this moment. <laughs> Shit, do I spinach in my teeth? Um, that is a nineteen. Nineteen. It does not look like he notices anything on your forehead. Okay. Good. Um. So yeah, she will think that back. Um. How are you doing this? Do I get that? Yeah, you get it. Okay. Um, and Flapwing, you're hearing this as well. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, it, it happens to all three of you. Okay. I don't know. We have our own little group chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Marco, do you have your eyes closed? Yes, I do. Okay. Flapwing, you're sitting there, and you, you see that Marco's doing this, and Rinzar is slack-jawed. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Ezareth doesn't seem to have noticed, but Rinzar is like, he hasn't said anything, but the expression on his face is like, his mind is blown. Hmm. Wait, hold on. Is, is okay, so Kizath, Gith Yankee, okay. Yeah, Rinzar's a Githzerai, okay. and so is Ezareth. Yeah. Right, okay. But is it correct in my notes that Kizath yeah. is a Gith Yankee? Correct. I'm going to hold this and like, if... Ravnus wants to communicate with me, she can, but... Yes. So, um, at this point, uh, now that the, like, connection has sort of been established, uh, you guys all, now, as as a, an upgraded part of your connection, as an action, communicate basically the same limits as a sending spell um, to all of the, like, all of the, your group, the other two members of your group, okay. um, as an action, yeah. telepathically. Do so, it's it, it does not require any verbal speaking. You can do it at will as much as you want per day, but it's an action per 25 words. Do we have to be within eyesight of each other? Nope. Oh, okay. I feel like we just leveled up. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I know. Spiritually. I <laughs> Unlocking that skill tree. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately think, why, why did I take message? <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes we're going to have to communicate with someone who isn't the three of us. Oh. I don't ever want like to. Merrick. <laughs> oh yeah, you can talk to Merrick. Great. I message Merrick and say, "How are you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> oh no." <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Man, this is weird. So, Ravnus. Yeah. Kazath is staring at you like he might have just said something to you, but you were too busy. That you didn't notice. <laughs> she, um, she says, can you repeat that? I said that I think it's fortuitous that we find ourselves here. I think if you want to call it that, then sure, it's fortuitous. 
Our dearest captain sent me here to test my skills, and I will soon return to her and prove myself worthy of my return to her crew. I assume you'd like the same. Ooh. Um. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um. She says, um, I don't. I don't want to go back. Then truly the deserter that everybody calls you then. I was willing to give you benefit of the doubt. He says with a sneer. I don't know what you want me to say. How about this? I know you offered to help Heron. I know you have a ship above planet. We can't take everyone. You will not need to take him and his group anymore. There isn't a need. But take mine. And I see no reason why you or your companions need arms. I don't know if we should trust that or not. Well, there's that option. If we are not welcome aboard your ship, then perhaps simply aid in defeating the giants so that we might commandeer theirs. I would be happy with both of these outcomes. Um, she is going to brain to, um, to Luckbeak and Marco. They want a trip off-planet, either on the Voidfarer, or we help them steal one of the giant ships. I wasn't counting how many that was, so I'll just send that part so far. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I was the, like, the, oh, I want to see something else, but I don't know how many of The, the 25 was. word limit is mostly just kind of to like keep it in check like during combat. Um, okay. If it's not in combat, like... You okay. could just keep using your action to do it. <laughs> but, okay, then, yeah, she'll use yeah. another action to say, um, I don't think that we can trust that they won't attack as soon as we help them. While you're doing this, like, you pause, and Kazap interprets that as, like, you thinking. So he takes it upon himself to add. And then, of course, the alternative option is I slaughter you and yours all right now, and we simply wait to hijack the Voidfarer when it comes to retrieve you. I assumed that that was the other option. Very keen of you. It appears your time upon the Flack of Scal was not for nothing. I guess not. Um, and then she will brain to the group. Um, he's getting impatient with an answer. We might not have much time before they just attack outright. I have spells that can at least get some of us out of here, but I doubt we'd be able to get out unscathed even if I were optimistic. Um, Rinzar is going to say something to you, Monal Marco. Um, he's going to say, I have lots of questions, oh. um, but if what's happening is what I think is happening and you're communicating, um... Perhaps a plan could be to try and slip out another way. I... We found... We found signs of a network of tunnels below the city, but there isn't an easy access. Um, perhaps your librarian friend or the friend in your ring might know a way down there? Um... Brohane is actually going to interject there. I'm like, uh, I thought one of those options is off the table. And he kind of pulls out of his pack the sparking broken remains of the librarian drone. No, my buddy. <laughs> he says, uh, it didn't survive the fall. Uh, got caught under a rock. I'm sorry. How will we sell plushies now, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Avenge me. <laughs> <laughs> it's working enough to say avenge me. Come on. <laughs> Work. Poke it. <laughs> well, all things considered, it would have been very loud in front of these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But uh, so real quick, I'm going to ask because uh, I, I get startled like out of my little like trance thing. And I'm like, kind of look at him and go, how do we get all of us out of this situation to get to the tunnels? I, I don't know. You're the one with the knowledge, with access to the knowledge of what this city was like before. I've only been stranded here. Well, like, I'm, I'm more talking like this square that we're in right now, surrounded by very angry pirates. Um, <laughs> Cyrus will actually speak up and he'll say, actually, I think your dwarven friend might have given me an idea. This is a atrium like the one in the other tower. There should be a librarian drone terminal here. Below the terminal is access tubes where the librarians come up from the librarian hub. It would be connected to the underbelly of the city, the network of tunnels that Rinzar mentioned. Okay, so we have a plan to at least get to an escape. So we've gotten steps two and three out of the way now, but we need step one. Well, I could... Could do the flaming sphere thing, give us a hole, but at the same time then Flapwing and Ravnus would be in trouble. Could use invisibility. I could use fireball. While you're debating on that, Ravnus, <laughs> mm -hmm. Kazath is going to say, Honestly, I think the easiest answer for all of us is that you simply give us a lift off planet. No bloodshed need be spilt. But, as you've seen, we are not incapable ourselves. But between my group and yours, I believe our chances are good that we can steal one of the giant's longboats. What's stopping you from attacking as soon as you get off planet? What need would I have of that? So, I might have a plan. Are you saying that's all of us? You say to the open channel. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that to to the game right now because I'm like, <laughs> so Nick, if I warn my friends <laughs> to cover their noses, <laughs> and if I cast stinking cloud, can we escape? So, uh, giving your allies a warning, if they're still in the range of the effect, I would roll that just gives them advantage on the check. Okay, so it would be a constitution saving throw at advantage, but, uh, well, my group is filled with a bunch of constitution-heavy lads, I think. Uh, I Ravnus <laughs> is actually going to send something to the open channel right now. Um, she's going to say, um, they know the Voidfarer by name. They know that they're just off planet. If they, if they do manage to get off planet, they will likely try to attack at the very least. Uh, don't don't we have enough manpower on the Voidfarer to take take care of it? If they have one of the giant longships, I don't I don't know. Um, do I do I have any idea of how that would fare against the Voidfarer? Well, well, uh, Ravnus, go ahead and just make an intelligence check for me real quick. Okay. At the same time, I say, like, these people aren't necessarily skilled sailors. A lot of these people are just unlucky people on this planet. 23. 23? Yeah. 
Ravnus, you're pretty sure um, that from when you and Ezerath kind of got a distant look at the giant camp, you saw one of their smaller like craft come in and it was being pulled by the smaller white dragons. And you're pretty sure that their long ship, their big ship in the center is propelled by being pulled by dragons. Okay. Um, and the way Kazath is talking, it does not seem like he realizes that. <laughs> mm. I will communicate to the open channel. I think I can get all of us out of here, but I don't think I can get the two of you out of here whenever we do the plan. What? Well, how are you gonna? With you, like teleporting? I don't have teleport. I'm gonna cast stinking cloud, and we're gonna make a break for it to the secret tunnels. Oh, well, I have a uh, my necklace. I'll be fine. That would also be making an enemy of this group if we escape and don't kill them. Are you saying we just make our stand now? Kill them now? I don't know. Nick, you said there were 24 of them? Yeah. How many can Fireball hit? Have you seen you cast Fireball for Marco? Yeah, and I, I do have um, enough for... I can cast Fireball or I can cast Stinking Cloud to get us out of here. I can't do both at this point. She, she, she will say um, the giant's longships are being pulled by white dragons. Um Nick, to clarify, is what you were saying that you don't think that they have, that Ravnus wouldn't think that they have, like, off-planet, like, capabilities then? Oh, no, the dragons pull them into space. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. They get pulled okay. through space by the dragons. Gotcha. Do they have little astronaut suits, <laughs> Nicholas? No, they're big enough <laughs> that they have their own sphere of, of atmosphere. Do they have little helmets? <laughs> <laughs> little spaceman helmets? Please. Astronaut dragons. Um, <laughs> they have little mission patches on their shoulders. And, oh, yeah. Um, no. Uh, so, yeah, no, no, no. They can get into space. But uh, okay. the, the issue is, is that if Kazath commandeered the ship, he would need to convince the dragons to pull it, which oh. seems like a long shot. <laughs> gotcha. Because the dragons don't work for the giants it's right. an alliance you know right um okay so then what she's going to say the rest of the group is um i don't think that he realizes that these ships are pulled by dragons that he would need to then make an alliance with that are could you, i don't know are you saying that we help this man every time you've talked about him he sounds like a very horrific person it might buy us a little bit more time if we need it but it would be a hard battle. We'd need to be going against the giants and also potentially dragons again. Well, there's the other problem, too, that we're also running out of time for some very important information. What information? The information we've been trying to get to this entire time. Rezikus, you seem distracted. Have you truly lost your Yankee edge so quickly? I'm just thinking... You want me to think carefully about this, don't you? I would have thought you and your group would be more altruistic, the way you let that scout go free. Uh, he was genuinely going to keep your secret, but I got it out of him. I say Stinking Cloud, Marco. One vote for Stinking Cloud. I will point out real fast, you don't know exactly where in the room the librarian terminal is. Yeah, I mean, it's a gamble, to say the least. Do what you think is best, but we should get a message up to the Voidfarer as soon as possible, regardless, to tell them that these people know where they are. The other option could be 
I could cast invisibility on myself and one other, and we could try to find another way out of here. Whatever you do, do it fast. We don't have much time. Okay. Um, let's see here. Help help me out here, guys, because I mean Tanner is struggling to think of what the best course is. I mean, I gave you my vote. Yeah, so I I mean I think you know, play to find out personally. Ravnus I think is playing a little bit closer to the chest, but certainly isn't going to stop you. Okay, so let's let's you know what, fuck it. Let's play let's let's play the game fuck around and find out. Um, yeah. Everyone, Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master and living librarian drone. <clears throat> Sorry, not sure what happened there. Thanks for listening to this 11th episode of Chapter 6 of Tales of the Voidfarer. Like I said at the top of the show, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. Now with a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where Chelsea tells us all about her favorite sodas. And also we talk about other stuff. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thank you for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on social media if you haven't already at Voidfarer Podcast on Facebook and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. If you haven't checked out Cape Chronicles, our new Masks A New Generation podcast, well, what are you waiting for? Fiona and myself, along with our friends Roger, Chelsea, and GM Cliff, are getting into teenage superhero hijinks one issue at a time. The next episode comes out next week, and you can always catch new episodes every first and third Wednesday of the month. Stick around for a trailer at the end of the show. Fables Around the Table, she is still going strong. This season, we are playing the death metal-inspired RPG Morkborg. GM Chelsea Rexinger leads Garrett, Annalise, and Josh on a gnarly tale of blood, flesh, and bone in this chapter of Fables Around the Table. Come hang out with us over at the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always hanging out, chatting about RPGs, movies, and video games, sharing memes, pet pictures, and wordle results, and playing games. So head over to projectderailed.com slash discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Goldthwait with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer lands on Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. See you then. probably going to regret this i know i am um i'm going to grab merrick and pull him behind uh roxana and like all of our other big tall people okay roxana and scriv <laughs> i guess scriv is not that tall but <laughs> mostly mostly roxana <laughs> yeah rinzar Ezerath, they're all average height <laughs> grab rinzar everyone our goal is to get downstairs and find one of the librarian stations. Uh, it would be, it would be in this room on this level. It will be in the room on this level. Yeah, yeah. You're in you're in the atrium of this tower. 
the atrium is not on the ground level. It's on like the plaza level above. Um, it's the equivalent room to where you fought the owlbears in the other tower. No, it would be somewhere in this room. And there's a lot of rubble and snow in here and you haven't noticed like the, the cylindrical pedestal anywhere, but you weren't looking for it and you don't have a full glimpse of the room right now being tucked around like some rubble. Okay, then yeah, I'm going to grab Renzar because he's probably the stealthiest out of the people that are currently standing next to us. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try our best to kind of like shuffle behind Roxana and Brohane and Scriv. Uh -huh. And I'm going to cast invisibility on us and I say, we need to find the, um, we need to find the librarian terminal. And we have to do this while we are in a room full of people and us missing is going to go be very, it's going to get hostile very quickly. So we got to do this quick. So you're just making Rinzar invisible? I can only do myself and one other. Oh, okay. So it's I'm, you and him. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm running out of spells. Yeah. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Uh, I was I was confused. I thought it was a different invisibility spell. Um, yeah, I, I got I got like one more high level spell left in me. So that's why I am like very <laughs> having to make decisions here because I only got one chance at this. This is when shit gets fun. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I could do two. But, um, you, you know, fuck it. I'll grab Merrick, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just fuck it. If anything, it'll be hilarious as we all die. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to, like, as I, I'm going to grab, like, Renzar and Merrick. As, like, I look at Renzar, I like, ah, oh, good, stealthy, like, you know, monkish, like, easily quick on his feet. And then Merrick's like, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> Small. <laughs> Small. So I grab them both and say, I'm about to cast invisibility on all three of us, and our job is going to be to find one of these librarian terminals so that we can get to one of the secret tunnels down beneath us. Whenever oh. I do this... Like the I... tube I found before. Yes, yes, like the tube you found before. It's somewhere in here. We're going to be invisible while we do this so we can't see each other, and things are going to get very hostile very quickly as soon as we do this because we are going to disappear. Okay. we got to get past these... Wrap scallions in front of us, and we gotta find it while chaos is going around us and before our friends get killed. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, uh, here goes nothing. Invisibility on myself, um, Renzar, and Merrick, and essentially we're just gonna scatter. Yep. Um, go ahead and make a stealth check. Um, and I'll I'll give it to you with advantage because you kind of strategically moved yourself like using Roxana and Ezerath and Brohane as shields. So I greatly appreciate that because the first roll was a two ah. um, <laughs> for a grand total of four. The next roll was a 16 for a total of 18. So thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, uh, you get the spell off and nobody notices. Um, now uh, you do note, uh, and this is how I'll do it. The longer it guys it takes you guys to to do what you're trying to do, the higher the chance they're gonna notice people are missing. Okay. So now, since it's you and two NPCs, Tanner, I'll let you decide if you want to have Merrick and Rinzar employ any particular strategy or like if you want them to go look anywhere in particular, um, you can kind of direct them without actually having to direct them in game. Okay. Well, first off, let me make a perception check or an investigation check to kind of like get my bearings here to see where I can figure it out. Okay. Um, that is a 15. A 15. Yeah. So you kind of inch your way up to look around the side of the rubble. And it is a large circular room. 
And the only way in and out are the stairwells that go up and down. Most of the other entrances are caved in or filled up with ice and snow and whatever. So you do have this large pile of stone and ice and rubble right next to you that is kind of eating up a good quarter of the room. Okay. In a very lopsided like pie slice, basically. And then there's a pile of snow and ice on the other side directly across from where the opening to the bridge was. And then there is the the makeshift table that Ravnus and Kazath are sitting at, and that's directly in the middle. Then on the other side, uh, one of the doors that, and now that you look at it, the door that goes out onto the plaza has actually been barricaded shut with a bunch of shit, with like like big stone furniture and just large pieces of rubble and debris that managed to survive the test of time um, has been moved to barricade this in at some previous event. Somebody did that. Okay. Now, if you recall the other plaza, the terminal was located like towards the middle, but off to the one side. And you don't know if it's going to correlate exactly the same in here or not. Because you saw one other terminal that was in a completely different location of a tower that was like more against a wall. Okay. Um, so with that information in mind, um, if anybody ever asks why I didn't choose Azerath for this assignment, it's because I forgot she existed until just now. So, <laughs> so That's fair. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> I, I feel like in character, Marco may have made the same mistake. Yeah, I think so. Like, he's like, <laughs> all right, I got Renzar, stealthy, whatnot. Ezerath forgets next, <laughs> next to yeah. him. Merrick, come many, here. Too many gith. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> he just assumed Ezerath was with was with Ravnus. Right. I mean, she has oh. been this whole adventure. <laughs> like they're just over there holding hands right now. <laughs> or are you so racist that you thought Ravnus and Etherath were the same person for a long time? They God. just moved back and forth really yeah, fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to send Merrick over to the large pile of stone because okay. that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, I will send Renzar over to the barricaded door. Uh-huh. That also makes sense because there's less people by the big pile of stone because it's a big pile of stone. The other side of the room, like, there are people kind of standing in, like, a loose perimeter. So Merrick yeah. has less people to worry about bumping into. And I'll go to the, the pile of snow and ice. Okay. Now, the pile of snow and ice does take you, like, past <laughs> the table that Ravnus and Ezra, or fuck, that, <laughs> that Rav, See, Ravnus- See, she was there. <laughs> she's there in spirit. Uh, uh. <laughs> that uh, Ravnus and Kazath are sitting at. So you kind of head in that direction. Well, first of all, go ahead and make a stealth check with advantage um, to, to silently move and, you know, step around the, the handful of people that are kind of in your way and do so quietly and trying your best not to step in snow and make tracks and that sort of thing. How does a 14 sound? Well, we'll find out. Yeah, nobody seems to notice. You quietly inch your way there. One of Kazath's men, um, which looks like a, like a, a burly halfling, tall for a halfling. Um, at first you thought he was a dwarf, but he's a little too narrow despite his uh, broad shoulders. He kind of coughs and takes a step back uh, almost directly into you, but you manage to like pivot out of the way just in time holding your breath and you get like to the table and like working your way around 
And when you're there, you, you hear the conversation continuing. Kizath said, continuing like talking about the scout. He squealed as soon as I started putting pressure on him. He was never a very good liar. That was a risk that we were willing to take. A bold one. I commend you for it. Of course, the scout will never make the same mistake again. Figured his clothes were better used on someone else's shoulders. Someone more loyal. Um. <laughs> hey, she, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Why are you, why are you doing this? I mean, you want us to help you, right? You, you're shouting from like the, yeah, the corner yeah. of the room. <laughs> hey man, he's probably going to ignore me, but. Uh, yeah, no, no, he, he, he stops. Uh, like he's still looking at Ravness and he stops and he closes his eyes. My conversation is not with you, bird. Hmm. <laughs> okay, lizard. Well, I. <laughs> Ezerath punches you. <laughs> oh, she's no. here? Uh... <laughs> Confirm. All right, well, never mind. He's not going to have a conversation with me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He, from the minute that Ravnus got up here, he clearly had zero interest talking to anyone right. else. He made the assumption that obviously a gith like himself is the leader of this group. Sure. Another former <laughs> member of Lacus Scal is the leader of this group. And uh and he's Captain he Resicus. <laughs> yeah. He is only talking to Resicus. Cool. Um, so what, how do you react to to hearing the fate that befell the scout you let go? She she doesn't really look surprised, but she does look pretty disappointed, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and um, she's going to say, I still haven't heard anything that guarantees the Voidfarer's safety. What's to stop if we do take you off planet to where you need to go, that all of them won't become Yastrara's prisoners? You have nothing but my word. I have no way of proving that. But... You have to trust that I will be grateful for the favor that you have given, and in return, would not turn on you. He pauses for a second and then adds, As much favor as that might bring me with the captain, he says with kind of like a devilish smile. Uh, um, shit. She... She's going to be honest, I guess, and say, um, we can't leave the others behind. No one deserves to be deserted here. Heron and his traitors, you need not worry about them anymore. Bromira was kind enough to see the error of her ways, and she returned to tell me all about your ship, about you. And where Heron and the others were. So, wait, who was that again? <laughs> that was the one who didn't like us from the beginning? Yeah, Romira was yeah. the Duragar that was traveling with that group. Gotcha. She was something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the one who was, like, holding um, yeah. Merrick hostage, yeah. Yes, okay. yes. All right. Um, so seeing 
as they will not need the space upon your ship any longer. I see no reason why we couldn't take their place. I don't think that that changes my view on this. Doesn't it? Because one person made a decision to say something or one person decided not to. I don't think so. If that were the case, then it wouldn't be a matter of means. It would mean you simply didn't want to help. And, well, I've already laid out the options for you. And if that were the case, then that makes my decision very easy. I think that I am leaning being more willing to help you find an alternative route if we can still guarantee the safety of the ship and all the crew. I've given you my word. You help me take the ship from the giants and you will hear nothing from me ever again. She hasn't heard from Marco in a minute, has she? Uh, no, she has not heard from Marco in a minute. Uh, Marco, uh, you you are inching your way around the table. Um, do you go around Ravnus' side or do you go around his side? <laughs> I think I'd be safer going around Ravnus' side. Sure. Um, Ravnus, make a, make a perception check for me just for funsies. That's not very good. Um, eight. Eight. Yeah, you don't you don't happen to hear any any sign of Marco as he passes. So yeah, he uh, acted like he was going to do something and fucking fell off the face of the earth. It, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't stall much longer. Um, you try so to message Marco- him. Sorry, just says AFK. <laughs> AFK. <laughs> it's like the AOL, like, away message. It's just like music yeah, yeah. lyrics that are, like, really ambiguous. Just, <laughs> just about to say some Fallout Boy lyrics in his group chat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Nick. Um, yeah, so um, you get to the, the like, the built up snow and ice where that has blown in from the the one intact opening of this room um and uh go ahead and make uh an investigation check um so hmm i i hear okay make a perception check first okay um unless you just want to start digging in um but if you want to try to like move snow and ice stealthily you're gonna have disadvantage on the investigation check that would be a six perception so uh yeah you don't see anything uh in the snow and ice um i'll go ahead and investigate a disadvantage luckily i got i got i'm pretty good at that so sure i should be able to make up for it okay okay so disadvantage that's going to be a 16 16 yeah you start digging your way through uh, let me roll. Yeah, you start poking your way through, um, and you're not seeing any sign of like a pedestal here. Um, you can, I mean, you can continue to look like over over like multiple rounds, but like you're you're kind of trying to like you're getting like as close to the wall as you can, and like with a hand, like trying to like worm your arm into the snow, which is packed, and you're running into big chunks of ice, and it's hard, but you're trying to do it without displacing snow as much as you can. But uh, doing this slowly and methodically, um, you don't see any sign of this in here, but it may be deeper. There really is any way of telling without trying to go further 
Okay, I'll pop my head out first and just look over to uh, Merrick and Renzar and just see if any progress has been made on their sides. Uh, you cannot see them. They are invisible. <laughs> well, like, I was... Uh, I, any I'm, sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not like, huh. No, I'm looking to see if, like, <laughs> the door is open or <laughs> yeah. if, like, rocks have been moved. <laughs> huh. Yeah, make a... um. Make a perception check with advantage, just because you know roughly what areas to look. Okay. Um, all right, that's a 16. 16? Um, yeah. Uh, you don't see anything over on Rinzar's side, uh, but it's mostly people over there, and just knowing how stealthy Rinzar is, he's probably taking great care to like not move anything. You look over to the, the big pile of rubble, and you do catch a rock move. Slightly, not enough to make any sound and not enough for it to dislodge. It's just like clearly some like weight got put on it. So it yeah. shifts and you see another footfall in an area that's a little bit snowier and you see a footprint uh, appear. And this is like on the like edge of the pile of rubble kind of around from the rest of the group is. You see some rocks kind of shift. And what do you say? You got a 16? Yeah. It does look like, uh, as one of the rocks shift, you see the obviously unnatural curved edge of a cylindrical pedestal just in the edge of the rubble, partially under some some stone and snow. Oh, of course Merrick is the one. Um, (laughs) All right, well, I'm going to pull myself out of this icy hole and try to make my way over there to where Merrick is currently at. Sure. Go ahead and make another stealth check with advantage. Uh, Flapwing, uh, while this is going on, it's it's very nerve-wracking to kind of sit here and listen to Ravnus have this conversation mm-hmm. to this snide asshole, um, and also know that you have friends that are in somewhere invisible and you don't know how that's mm-hmm. going. But as you're kind of standing here, um, you see one of the uh, one of the guys kind of look over in the direction of all of you. It's a uh, female dwarf, and she kind of furrows her brow and like is looking over in the direction of where all of the prisoners are, where all you guys are. Uh, I'm going to quickly engage her in conversation. Hey, what planet are you from? What? Where are you from? I, I, I'm from the Rockabrawl. You're from Rockabrawl too? That's wild. What uh, did you, uh, what, what was your favorite bar there? Well, I really shouldn't be talking to you. And she's like still kind of like looking over your shoulder, like kind of quizzically. Like you kind of like see her counting and like also trying to remember how many were that you guys to begin with. Mm. These these aren't trained guards, but you know, like she just notices something that kind of is off to her, but hasn't like pieced anything together yet to like take some action. Uh, what was the last thing you asked? Uh, what her favorite bar was. What her favorite bar was. Well, it's not the fucking laughing beholder because everybody fucking knows the laughing beholder. Everybody knows. That's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> that the, yeah, that that place has become like just so packed, right? You gotta go to. I, I'm I'm a fan of the curled pig. That's one of my favorites. Have you ever been there? Oh uh, yeah, actually, um, that was actually where we celebrated my birthday last. No way. That's we probably have a lot of the same friends in common. <laughs> Uh, Nick, this is not an interesting conversation. Uh, I'm just trying to engage yeah, her. But uh, but but it seems that this conversation has like she's completely kind of forgotten about what she was doing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you've reminded her of another time when she wasn't trapped on a nice planet. <laughs> <laughs>
Flapwing put in the moves. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, maybe we can go back to that bar sometime. <laughs> yeah, she says. Uh, she's like, yeah. If I if we ever get off of this dump, oh, okay. um, you know, sometimes I have a really regret leaving. But you know, the Salvagers Guild, they make some pretty enticing promises. Um, <laughs> you were with the South. All right, this is freaky. <laughs> I was also with the Salvagers Guild. No way! You say this, but uh, you, a vast percentage of the population in Crot Space got brought over yes. by the Salvagers sure. Guild. So it's not nearly the the coincidence that either of you think it is. Oh my uh, God! Your so. birthday is in the summer. My <laughs> God, that's so weird. <laughs> I like the the three and the three pass uh, in this right now: investigation, negotiation, and flirtation. <laughs> Tiana's gonna be pissed. No, we have an understanding. It's fine. But um, <laughs> so, uh, Marco, what did you what did you get on your new stealth? Um, a thirteen. Okay, you said you went around Ravnus's side of the table last time, right? That is correct. Okay, so the way this because Ravnus was kind of like with her back more to the middle of the room, and so where you ended up, the fastest way over to where Merrick is is behind Kazath. Mm. Keep flirting. Keep flirt with Kazath. Um, <laughs> I'll go with the quickest route. Yeah. So you're inching your way along, um, just quietly kind of holding your breath. Kazath lounging back on this makeshift chair. His huge, clearly magic, double-bladed great axe resting on his knee as he's kind of lounging back, taunting Ravnus. And he says, I really don't see why this would be such a difficult decision. But if you're willing to discuss a way for us. And he turns and looks sideways over his shoulder. Ravnus will very quickly say, um, we would need time to rest. If we're going to launch an attack, we need some time. Um, there's a pause. And Marco, I imagine you like freeze. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like two feet away from him. He looks like straight through you and he glances kind of in the direction you came from to one of his guys that are standing over there and then kind of shrugs and turns back to Ravnus. I think that could be arranged. My initial plan was to strike tomorrow anyway. Um, she's going to uh, brain the group as fast as she can and say um, I'm going to try to buy us some time and try to have the go with the um, go with the giant plan unless something else is about to happen give me five like give me two more minutes <laughs> talk to him stroke his ego flirt with him I don't care Jesus uh, Ravnus is going to say then um is there a plan for the giants then? My scouts have been watching their camp. They send out survey teams throughout the city on regular intervals. We would strike when one of these teams was away. The dragons are the bigger concern in my opinion. They roost on their own terms throughout the city. We would do our best to strike quickly, moving undercover as best we can, and attempt to dispatch the giant so we can make way with one of their ships before too many of the dragons arrive to investigate. Okay. And you want to do this tomorrow morning? Yes. 
This was my plan initially until I heard about your merry band. You know, I could put in a good word for you with your Strara, especially if you help me get off of this planet. You uh, may have deserted, but she sentenced me down here. But I will prove myself worthy to return. If I can, so can you. He says, and his eyes are a little bit wild. Um, you're pretty sure he's lost his marbles to some degree. Um, not mm. that he had very many to begin with in your time. Yeah. Marco, uh, you um, you do get over to that, that side. And uh, you get to where it is. And you actually bump in to Merrick, who has like moved down to this side. Uh, Merrick doesn't even realize he uncovered what he uncovered. He, his back is to it now. And he's standing kind of in front of it, uh, trying to move a rock as quietly as possible. That's actually like three feet to the one side of it. Merrick, you're a genius. Oh, yeah, you scared, the, you scared the shit out of me. Great work, buddy. I... what. Hey, uh, thanks. Um, but why? <laughs> oh, and I, I'm I'm going to like brush aside the uh, the the object. Like now that you've like bumped into him and you like you, you kind of like can find his shoulders and turn him, and he goes, "Oh, hey, I found it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You found it. I'm really good at this. I apologize for anything that I did to you before. So it's actually not as buried in rubble as it looked from the other side of the room. You managed to move a couple rocks and it's mostly snow. The pedestal itself, you see that there is a seam around the, the bottom um, and it looks like there would be a way to remove the entire pedestal and presumably like the access like shaft where like the librarian drones would be delivered up descends into the floor from here. Okay, so... All right, so we can we can get through the secret tunnel through this. Yeah, you, you like you would just need to like remove the pedestal somehow. Okay. Um. So with that, um, looking at this, I'm willing to bet that this is heavy. It does appear to be like a metallic and stone construction, and like the whole thing is like inlaid with cinder shard, the way like all Kratorian Magitek is. Um, but you do see that there are also um, grooves and seams where it seems like uh, the thing was constructed in components, and it may be able to come apart along those seams. But you're not sure what magic or what means would be required to like access it that way. Um, I'll just go into my own head right now and say, Cyrus, how do I get this thing out of here? Uh, if Do you remember how you expended spells into the device before to provide enough arcane power for it to summon a drone? Y yes, yes. There should be a small glyph near the bottom that would serve the similar purpose. You could channel enough magic into it to power it and then use that glyph to access it. Um, it's it's meant to be accessed for maintenance. So I will uh, go to the glyph and um, let's go ahead and burn two level one spells. Sure. So you, you pump two spell slots worth into it and that is in fact uh, enough. Um, if you recall, that's also the amount you needed to summon the drone previously. So as you do it, you see that the um, cinder shard conduit lines kind of glow faintly around the base of the uh, of the terminal and the glyph that you pumped your magic into is also glowing. And Cyrus will say, okay, it looks like it has power. You should be able to just simply um, touch that glyph and um, think of what it is you want it to do um, 
and it should it should heed that command. I don't know why I'm whispering. I think it's just the 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 situation is very tense. <laughs> it's, it's the heat of the moment, Cyrus. I understand. Like I never. It makes me. It makes me feel like I'm really there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I, know, I, mean, I was. You know what? We'll talk about this later. But needless to say, it's exhilarating. <laughs> and press the glyph, and I think like into it. I need to remove it for maintenance. Yes. So you see that the tower like lines kind of form uh, all the way up the length of the the stone pillar um, equally around the outside, um, kind of like separating it into thirds. And then the pillar itself splits apart with a louder than you're comfortable with grinding sounds. And as the three thirds of the tower kind of separate, it reveals about a three foot diameter hole. Um, as you peer down into it, it is smooth all the way around. But um, specifically because you gave it the command of requiring like maintenance access, you watch as rung by rung, uh, rungs kind of slide out of the wall, providing handholds for somebody to climb down in. Right. Um, I'm going to say to Merrick. All right, Merrick, I need you to go down this maintenance tunnel, okay? And wait for us there. Okay, um, is anything down there? It's dark. It, sh- it shouldn't be, but you're one of the most capable fighters I know. Oh, do you... Do you... Do you mean that? <laughs> Marco is, is invisibly confused. <laughs> okay. I'll do yeah. it for you. <laughs> yes, you are fact. Yes. Yes, yes, you are. You you feel like a pat on <laughs> what was intended to be your shoulder, but it's like your your front. <laughs> just like wipes your peck. <laughs> and then you feel him move past you and uh, start descending. Um, I will then telepathically send to my dear friends... Over near the rocks is a maintenance tunnel. It can lead us to some secret tunnels below. Secret tunnel. In secret the tunnel. <laughs> um, we had to. Yeah, okay. It was required. It was required. And I... Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know how to get everybody to it, though. So it's next to the pile of rubble that your friends are next to. It's just they're on the other side of it. But uh, they got to get past like the the handful of Kazas people that are standing like guard to some degree of effectiveness or another, and are basically a skirt around the outside of this big pile of rubble to get to this access hatch. Okay, so there's only one other problem. I need to get Renzar and Flapwing. So two problems really, but like. Flapwing, you hear Marco's message in your head telepathically. Uh, the others have no way of knowing it though. Um, let's see. Is message a cantrip? It sure is. Wait. Yes, I think so. Um, is message a cantrip? I think so. You just have to be pointing pointing at them, um, and you do actually have to say the words out yeah, loud. But, yeah, yeah, it's but a yeah. cantrip. Cool. Uh, well then, um, I will simply tell the necessary parties exactly that information we can wheel spin it but where it is and and what they need to do and uh i'm gonna say um let's see how many people who who else marco did you need me to send that to 
Rinzar mainly because but just Rinzar. Okay. Yeah, Rinzar is the one that's off on his own. Um, you just don't know yep. exactly where he's at, so you kind of gotta like blindly Ooh. point. Yeah, uh, that's right. Until you hit him, which okay. you can do. It just takes a couple tries. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm going to message Marco back and say, uh, "Okay, I'm gonna do this on three then." Uh, and then I point at Rinzar and I tell him what to do and where to go. And then I, while pointing at Rinzar, I also open my mind to the group chat and I say, one, two, three. And I pull out or I like take my gambler's blade out of its scabbard and just like push it backwards into whoever's holding me. Ooh, okay. Um, all right. So uh, yeah. First of all, go ahead and make an attack. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't anybody holding you. Um, oh, you were I... standing. So you were like the group was being held. Um, like they were just tossed, kind of in this area where because you guys were able to like deliberate over there because they're not watching you very closely. They kind of tossed you in a corner and then were like standing nearby to make sure you didn't go anywhere. And you had walked over to talk to that dwarf. So you're standing like not far from her. Mm -hmm. There are a couple others nearby. Nobody is directly holding you, though. Okay. Well, I'll stab somebody anyway, just to cause some chaos. You can stab the dwarf <laughs> you were talking to. No, she's... <laughs> mm, God, no, that's a... You stab the person next to her and then do the call me gesture. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> yeah. what I do. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the closest person to her that looks mean. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make, make an insight check. Oh, For great. Fun. Oh, fun. wonderful. <laughs> uh, well, that's a 14. 14? Okay. Yeah, you see uh, there is a Hadozi. They, uh, they look, they have, they have black fur, and uh, it's mangy, and they have scars all over their face and their wing flaps and missing teeth and has a tattoo that says, I eat babies. <laughs> uh, the perfect one to stab. <laughs> Yeah. Why didn't you I, flirt with them? <laughs> I'm going to stab him right in that first B so it says, I eat Abby's, and it makes way less sense. He's going to feel like an idiot. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and roll my attack roll. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you have advantage because he doesn't see it coming. Okie dokie. Uh, so that's going to be a 21. 21? Yeah. That okay. hits. Cool. Um, you, you have sneak attack damage and everything. Yes, I do. So uh, that's going to do 15, 18 damage. Um, while he is doing that, after he says go, I am going to cast my last level two spell for Flaming Sphere and sure. roll it into the like people guarding my friends and just scream into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, and, you could do that. Um, also, I am gonna forget the rails exist and just jump into the hole and come what may okay <laughs> sounds good so so you're you're casting your flaming sphere and then jumping in the hole yeah like cast flaming sphere go bowling get like people to part like the red sea for my friends to run through it and then just yeah. han solo garbage shoot <laughs> got it um yeah so they have to make um deck saves against your flaming sphere um do believe that is correct okay so you can hit four of them so the first one was only a six. The second one was a 12. The third one was an eight. And the last one was an 18. So that 18 is a success. Okay, so all the other ones failed. How much damage? Uh, eight damage to our 
uh, fails, and I guess then four damage for our uh, savey boy. Okay. Yeah. None of them, like, go down with that, but they all get singed, and you hear sudden cries of surprise and shouts, and they are definitely distracted now. So all of this kind of happens. Uh, on the count of three, Lechbeak jumps out and sends the message to Rinzar and stabs this Hidozi, who cries out in pain, and you put a big gash in his fleshy wing flap, like sliding it up sideways and the blade stopping right in the middle of his tattoo. And then suddenly, Lechbeak, you have to like jump back out of the way because there's a bowling ball of fire comes flying by and hits that Hidozi as well. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of cursing and shouting and everything now. And uh, and Ravnus, you also can do something because Luckbeak is counting down the, the action. So are you doing anything on the count of three? Yeah, I think that she's going to try to um, try to attack Kazath. Sure. Do you just like fly across the table at him? Uh, what do you do? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly what she does is on three. She like jumps and, and like uh, tries to hit him with her sword. Yeah, leaping up and drawing your sword all in one fluid motion. Go ahead and make an attack roll with advantage because his his smug ass wasn't expecting this. Okay. Um, so that is a dirty 20. That'll hit. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, so that is seven. Seven plus 17 is 24. 24 damage? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, let me actually pull up. I was not prepared. Terrible DM. Uh, (laughs) so you said it was 20. 24. Yes. (laughs) And that's, is that an action? Oh, that yeah, that would be that would be your action. So it would be um, ten feet of movement for the mm-hmm. uh, to attack him. Um, you can use the rest of your movement if you'd like. Well, because I have um, I have extra attack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could totally t- totally take your second attack. Okay, and that one doesn't get advantage, I assume. Yeah, no, he's he's kind of aware you're what you're doing. Nicholas, give me advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's super good. Uh, 19 plus 9 is 28. 28. Okay, yeah. That that hits. Come on. <laughs> now I'm going to roll so shitty on the damage. Okay, that's not, that's not horrible. Um, 4 and 7 is 11, plus another 4 is 15. So you did a total of 39 damage to him in two mm-hmm. quick strikes. Um yeah, so like on the count of three, like he's like mid mid sentence, <laughs> and then suddenly I feel like it's not actually using your side power leap ability, but you you have a little like push psionic energy behind you that just like can launch you from a sitting position uh, into leaping at him with like no buildup, and uh, he he like falls backwards as your sword flashes with psionic light with one slash across his chest and then you follow around and bring the other down along the side of his face and it actually takes off his left ear Ooh, gross (laughs) and he's cursing and reaching for his axe now and he looks up at ravenous option c it is then
thunder crackles against the cloud-covered night, backlighting an ever-growing tower that pulsates and squirms. The stench of thick, dead blood from the rotting ground beneath your feet screams with the pain of every weapon rended from the grisly warriors who've met their end here. The earth quakes again as a deafening roar echoes from the slick meat tower in front of you. She calls. She is waiting. You see and hear this terrible, like, cracking of bone and rending of flesh as his form just sort of shifts and twists. Uh, maybe he's, like, juggling or something. Maybe he's found some, like, dismembered, um, body parts and he's, he's using that as a distraction. Galgan Beck, what a nice city. The rotten flesh doesn't stink quite as much there. Rejoice! The fall of humanity comes. But has all of the sickness been for nothing? Find out on Fables Around the Table, she. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. Climbed in a second story window and partied in this house where we barely. Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell. Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy. Grab your tongue. Grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. As you walk down the sidewalk, passing shops of all kinds, the cold wind stinging against your cheeks as the snow beneath your feet gives a light crunching, you see a sign above your goal, Chronicle Comics. You open the door, the ding of the bell letting the clerk know someone has entered. He looks up at your familiar face and says, Hey, uh, that comic you were picking up ended its run, but it looks like the company printing it as uh, something new out. And he hands you a comic. On the cover, a city along the water at night, searchlights across the dark sky. In each light are four faces with names in contrastingly colorful font below them. Falcon Girl. No, he would not be impressed. He'd be like 50 times more pissed than he already is at me. Royale. Yeah, watching and seeing what happens is it's stopping the crime. Remix! Am I the only one confused why Quasi can whisper? Quasi Raptor. Quasi never gets to eat. Above them, in white font with yellow bordering, the words Cape Chronicles. Available every first and third Wednesday of each month starting March 2nd, 2022 from Project Derailed, wherever you get your podcasts. It is cramped in here. projectderailed.com